Above180.com, taking your bowling game to the next level. Tim Berg and Joey Serrar are ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews and coaching to drilling layouts. Now, from Washington, D.C. and the Bowler's Pro Shop in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, here are your hosts, Tim Berg and Joey Serrar. Joining us today on the Above180.com podcast is Bill Spigner. Bill is a member of the USBC Hall of Fame and Gold Certified Coach. For more information, you can check out BillSpigner.com. Bill, first question right out of the gate. We have to find out, when did you get started in coaching, and who were some of your most uh, influential mentors and coaches that you learned from? I've been uh, coaching professionally uh, for since 1979, and actually I uh, started getting involved a little bit of coaching before that. I When I bowled on tour, I was... Uh, in the fall and sometimes during the winter when we passed through Akron, Ohio, I used to go to Freddie Borden's place in Eastgate Lanes in Akron when he had a smaller bowling center in the facing of a shopping center. And Don Johnson was there and Pappas and Frank Ellenberg and lots of guys, Larry Lobb, they all stopped by there and worked out. And Freddie always helped out a lot of people and talked with everybody, drilled balls for people and stuff. And uh, yeah, that's where I first got introduced to people like that in the coaching world and then in uh, 1979 i had talked to don johnson and he hired me as an assistant pro at don johnson's professional bowling camps in the summer up in sheboygan wisconsin and so at that time i I worked one year up there when there was no sites on the east coast and i had talked to red burnham who was the general manager of bradley bowl and bradley bowl had hosted a number of uh pro tournaments at that time and I approached him about the idea of franchise taking a franchise of professional bowling camps and hosting them there and we started there the next year and we did two weeks the first year and then three weeks every summer after that for nine years and I was a head pro for two of the weeks and Paul Moser was uh, my assistant for two weeks and then he became the head pro the third week and I became his assistant so it, uh, that was kind of where I got my starts and roots in coaching was through uh, professional bowling camps and my basically basic training. So, so over 20 years of coaching professionally and, and under the, the auspices of, of Fred Borden, Don Johnson, and, and other greats, uh, you've seen it all basically when it comes to helping bowlers uh, of all different skill levels. Uh, what are the probably the most common uh, let's say, deficiencies you see in a typical bowler's game that comes to you? Well, they're, they're pretty varied. And, uh, you know, maybe segueing from that a little bit before I get into that, you know, everybody thinks the bowling game is so different now than it ever was. And in reality, it's really not different. It's evolving. And uh, basically the same set of circumstances arise today as did in my day, and uh, when I was bowling, and it was accuracy in action and lane play, and even today, the same principles are there: accuracy in action and lane play. And the lane play is a little more varied, and the tools you have to use to combat the conditions in the playing environment are more varied. So the bowler needs to be a little more knowledgeable. And the hardest part, I find with bowlers is them understanding how complicated it can be to become proficient at the sport. 
if they're looking to bowl just as a recreational league bowler, it's not quite as complicated. But even that, it's hard to get somebody trained well enough with their eye and their feeling to understand how to adjust even on house conditions. Right. So, so it, it's, it's, oh, more, ahead, it, it's, sorry. it's varied in a lot of ways. So what you're saying is, you know, depending on how, let's say, involved the bowler wants to get in the sport, uh, to a certain degree that'll basically be, uh, how do I want to word this now, Uh, how complex they want to make their learning curve be. But but a typical league bowler basically just needs to know, like like you mentioned, strong fundamentals, uh, basic lane play. And when it comes to equipment, they don't need to understand layouts but they may need to understand surface changes on a ball? Oh, yes, I, I agree with that. And they def- definitely need to understand basic lane play. And fundamentals, and, you know, I've always been a fundamentals uh, teacher first. And, like, if I give somebody a lesson when they come in, I don't just go right out there and tell them, say, hey, John, this is what you do. And then John says, well, Bill told me to do this. To me, that's, that's not enough. I need to know the individual first before I do anything with them as far as trying to change anything, and they have to understand themselves better. So it's a lot of sight and feel, and I I really work hard on the feelings of the shot with the people so they understand what they are feeling. And then as they progress in what they can feel and understand what they're feeling, and basically watching ball flight, because there's, in my opinion, there's two things that help a bowler decide what they're going to do. It's one is the, where the ball went and how it reacted and how they felt. And those two things they can, they can analyze to help make a decision on what they're going to do next. But they can't see what they do, and they can't measure things that they do physically. So the hard part is you know, not trying to make somebody change something that they can't feel or can't see. So that's where the sight and the feels of bowling are involved. Joining us on the Above180.com podcast is Bill Spigner. Bill is a member of the USBC Hall of Fame and Gold Certified Coach. For more information about Bill, you can check out BillSpigner.com. Bill, I'm curious as to what your thought is as to what will bring bowling back to where it once was and we had over 10 million members of the USBC and 10 million sanctioned bowlers. Bowling has kind of been in a steady decline uh, what are your thoughts on bringing it back up to, like I said, getting that close to that 10 million or even exceeding 10 million bowlers that are sanctioned? Well, we would have to go back to a blue-collar society and have a lot of factories with a lot of people that work uh, 8 to 4, and then they have the evenings off. That That's a, a big, big part of it because lives are so complicated now with work schedules and uh and travel with work and people not really wanting to commit to 30, 33 weeks a year, 35 weeks. So I think that our society has changed so much that we just don't have people in one place that are there every day that need that recreational outlet uh, in the evenings. Bill, Joey and I started the Above180.com podcast and website because we felt that there's, Joey felt there's a huge difference from a bowler who's 180 to 200 and helping that bowler achieve that. So when you go through and you coach a bowler who's averaging 170, 180, what is the one thing that you think, or what are a couple things maybe that that bowler or or listeners to this podcast can grow on that can help them improve their game to get to that next level of that, you know, for, for a lot of people, their goal is just average 200. What is something that can help someone get to that average? 
Yeah, just averaging 200 doesn't seem like so much today, but uh, for the average league bowler, it's definitely uh, an attainable goal. Mostly, it, it's, it goes back to fundamentals in having a consistent approach, which requires as little physical work as possible. And no matter how good you are, there's physical work involved with it, but the motion has to be efficient enough where the work can be consistent. And understanding basically a little lane play, and uh, you know, still the, the people that average 170, 165, they just don't move on the lanes, and they don't understand it, and they don't think they should understand it. And you know, the, the sport is so hard to sell because it's a hidden sport, and people can't see what they're up against, and they, so they can't understand what they don't see. So, training the individual mentally and physically to get to that point is a difficult thing so it's it's not an easy question to answer exactly one thing you know and everybody's a little bit different but once somebody gets some you know sound fundamentals down delivering a ball and starts getting an understanding of the feelings of the shot and what what feels correct and what doesn't feel correct and why it doesn't feel correct it's easier to get them to a 200 level and getting to 200 is not, it's not an easy job for a once a week bowler in many cases but once they get there and understand that stuff they uh, can expand even more so it it appears to me it's apparent we need to retain the bowlers we have in the sport without question and I think one of the better ways to retain them is for them to see some improvement or some progress in their game and I think that's where coaching comes in, Bill. Uh, we get hundreds of bowlers every season that, that need help with either a mental aspect of their game or, or physical adjustments or understanding equipment changes better. And, and this is where bowlers like, like yourself, as being a proficient bowler, but being a good coach, really come into play. Because these bowlers, if they don't see improvement or they see frustration week after week, they quit the sport. Yes, they do, and, and unfortunately, in in our sport, which I truly believe is the best social recreational sport we have in the country, because there's, there's not too many places you can go every week to bowl in a league where you're around 50, 60, 100 people that you actually know and you could actually talk to, so the interaction of people is phenomenal. And I, and I see that all the time in the bowling center and parties and stuff like that. But getting back to your question, what was the question again? I, I guess segue to oh, I'm sorry. Uh, basically, it wasn't really a question, but kind of a, a statement follow-up. How important coaching is for players and bowlers to see improvements in yeah. the game. Okay, yeah. I, coaching, coaching is very important and in retaining bowlers. And bowlers... I think, with, you know, it kind of relates to golf. They have to take the initiative themselves. They have the interest to want to do it. But unfortunately, in our sport, we don't have a real solid career path for teachers like golf does. There, There is not uh, a way to make a living through it. And you being in the pro shop business for many years, and I was in the pro shop business for many years, and before I got in the pro shop business, it was the teaching, and I was already doing pro shop stuff in the late 70s. I had a pro shop set up in my parents' basement. I I tried to get the people that worked for us at the bowling camps to learn pro shop, basic measuring, fitting, and drilling, and working out bowling balls to complement their teaching, and it goes hand in hand. So the teachers that we end up with in bowling a lot of times that are the better ones 
are not only pro shop operators, but they can teach, but it's hard to teach a lot because you've got a business to run. Exactly. And, and, and this is why, it, you know, you're, you're retired from the bowling, basically running the pro shops and uh, managing a bowling center. So now you focus 100% on coaching, correct? I do right now, yes, uh, pretty much. And, and it's very fortunate. I always intended on doing that uh, throughout my prior life with uh, owning a bowling center, owning a pro shop, uh, bowling itself. And I always kept teaching all the time where I was involved in the other businesses. And I always kept my lesson business going. And uh, obviously, as you, as you do it more, you get better. And uh, so it's hard for somebody to have that. And I try to uh, promote people to get into coaching that with the idea that by the time they get to be 55, 60, 65, if they become very proficient, they have an opportunity to have a part-time income coming in and a place to go that they enjoy being around and they're knowledgeable about. And I think uh, we need a lot of people that start at a younger age that can be get that point and be able to help the people out later on in, in their life so they can coach more but we definitely need more education but again it boils down to a career path it's not really there for people it's got to be a recreational sideline for them the bowling centers don't hire coaches lots of bowling centers don't run pro shops they don't want anything to do with teaching and helping people bowl better other than putting out a lane condition that the worst bowlers can bowl a lot better than they should be able to bowl you know, you're so right, Bill, and I always felt it's been, it would be a great idea for every bowling center to have a house pro, um, someone that could be there at certain specific times during the day to help people out. And uh, again, like you say, that it's like the bowling centers aren't as interested in helping their clientele improve as much as, say, retain them with free drink offers, you know, easier lane conditions and the like. Well, it, 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 as being a proprietor, I, I could wear that hat also. And we can go on to a lot of different conversations, and, and you know, you can't do everything in one one interview. But the as a as a proprietor, you, you got to take care. Of, you got you got like we had up to fifty employees, so you have to you have to be in touch with all of them to a certain degree, or observant of all of them. Then you have 3,000 customers a week that come through your bowling center, and you have to be as observant and listening to them as possible. And then you have the building itself that requires a lot of attention and observation. And it's hard to juggle all those things and then be a teacher and a pro shop operator. And our situation was rather unique at Hoffman Lanes because I was not only still bowling very little, but competitive. I ran the pro shop, and I, and I taught privately, but I ran the pro shop, I ran the bowling center out of my pro shop. Now, you've never probably heard anybody do that in bowling. <laughs> no, I haven't. Unique. But I had a full-time employee and two part-time employees in the pro shop, but that's where my office was in the pro shop to run the bowling center. So when people come through the door there, I know who they are that are looking to get better. Without even talking to them, I can see them. And then I was always out in front. We had a concourse location for our pro shop, and I would walk out the door, and I can walk up and down and see all the people I wanted. So if a bowler wants to get in touch with you for coaching uh, in the Chicago area still, correct? Yes. Uh, what, what is, what is the website. easiest way to do that? 
uh, go to my website, and it has my phone number on there. It's got my email address. It has a form you can fill out to request information. It's, uh, it's the best way to do it. And it's just my name, BillSpeigner.com. Again, we're talking to Bill Spigner, USBC Hall of Fame member and gold certified coach. Bill, I have one last question for you. You seem to deal a lot with the youth, the high school and college kids. How much of an impact can a coach have on them and getting the right coaching at that youth level? Because when I was growing up at the center I was at, it, it wasn't necessarily there, which kind of helped me develop some of my bad habits that I'm working through right now. And <laughs> Joey, stop laughing. But but um, I just see it now with, with my son, who's five and I'm getting into the sport, that the place we, that was one of the first things I looked at was finding a good place with a good coaching session, you know, that had good coaches that could help the kids and were actually there and certified and such. Talk about, I guess, just a little bit of what you do and what you guys did at Hawthorne Lanes to make sure the kids were getting the proper coaching and even right coaching. It, it wasn't easy, even for us. Uh, on Friday afternoons when we were at 40 Lanes, kids going at 4 o'clock, it was very, very difficult to get any help to, to, to coach. I did some, and it, it was difficult for me to find a lot of time. And on Saturday mornings, we had a good coaching staff. I was lucky to have Mitch Sachs, who had moved here from New Jersey and he with work, and he got very involved, and he uh, basically ran our Saturday morning coaching program, and he recruited a lot of people and parents, and he was teaching them how to teach, and he was there all the time. He had went to the travel leagues with our kids and stuff, So, and I did some of that too, but not not on a regular basis, just not having the time to do it. So we were very fortunate, and it is very hard to find somebody that, that you can trust as a proprietor looking at somebody, and, uh, and it's hard. And, and a lot of the coaches at that skill level, the beginning bowler skill level, like the, the bantams and the preps and stuff, those coaches really don't understand what's happening in the sport of bowling. They don't understand watching a two-handed kid throw a bowling ball down the lane, that that's okay. You just watch the motion and and what is, what's good. And they don't understand a kid that has a real high backswing and how they uh, can develop into a Jason Couch or somebody like that. You know, it's so even, even the coaches on the grassroots level, uh, they don't have the eye because they don't they don't study so they, it, it gets difficult so like with your son and you get some fundamentals in there and i got just tell the parents just let the kids have a little fun tell them to run hard crank it and hook it all they can and watch the older kids and what they do <laughs> and so mental imagery is better with the kids than, than telling them fundamentals and because they can't they can't understand the words and the ball itself is so bulky size wise so if they can just get get a swing and just get some speed and some turn on the ball that's that's good enough to start with to me and in simple bill they need to enjoy the game for their current skill level and realize that that, you know they're going to see improvements as time goes on Yes, and they, they, you know, they grow into their game, and so many times I, I see a lot of parents, and this is not negative, and other people that they, they keep pounding on the kids to, to do things perfect, and all I hear is slow down, slow down, and do this and do that, and they don't know what they're talking about, and they're not even, they, they can't even bowl themselves. It has been great having you join us, Bill Spigner, today on the Above180.com podcast. 
definitely are going to have you back on to, to get, pick your brain on some more issues. But, Bill, it was a pleasure to have you on again. For more information on Bill, check out BillSpeigner.com. Again, BillSpeigner.com for all of the information on Bill's coaching and how you can get in touch with him. Bill, again, thank you for joining us today. It was a great show. Okay, thank you very much for having me, and I appreciate it. I look forward to coming back again, and uh, maybe we can get some topics uh, a little more in-depth on some of the stuff in some of the areas.